0: support makes it possible. Please make a donation today at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Bye. <laughs>
1: Is happening in New York. I am biting into this apple this evening. My voice is not the only voice, which is Zachary Ferguson of Two Thumbs Undecided.
2: Uh, I am the other voice, uh, Sam Ferguson. And there's a lot of knobs and things that I am still figuring out. um, He's got knobs and things, and he's pretty flawlessly.
1: Yeah. Now I know uh, we talk. We should talk about criticism afterwards, but uh, um, I think we should do a shorter. Intro with the song, you know.
2: No, um, we were gonna do it, but there's still a lot of things that I am figuring out. So, but
1: the thing is, is I could ramble or you could ramble. Okay, a, like I would like to just uh, you know get into it. I'm
2: okay. Well, next time, um, we'll do that.
1: Okay, good. I should have said that off air, but um, I you know it's just in my brain. I just yeah. I just need to
2: say it. I just I
1: want to spray it to the world. <laughs>
2: hey, well. Uh, this is Two Thumbs Undecided. Um, this is our second episode back, um, to, um, the, this new studio. Um, and we have, uh, a special guest on, um, who will talk to them in a second. Oh. Um, she's a very special guest. She is, um, what some people, some people would what call. What thumb people. That's, what some people would call. That's
1: our fans, you thumbers. I like that.
2: You, you. You
1: dirty Thumbers, I don't know. Is Thumbers a good one? Maybe. Hey, Thumbers. Call in. Oh, so yes, if you want to call in, we we haven't been able to do this in a while, but if you want to rant or just talk to us, you can call in at 718-673-8201. That phone number again is 718-673-8201. Um uh,
2: there you go. Yeah. Um so anyways, this is our show. Uh we are now doing this every Sunday at five PM. This is our show. This is our
1: show. No, no one else's. Is, um So many people we had to kick destroy. off
2: destroy. Yeah.
1: Obliterate.
2: Also in, in sorry again for um last week. Um Sorry. There was um there's a little technical issue. But we took care of it. Sam had
1: his ray gun yeah. and he he zapped that werewolf. Yeah. Uh, only Spotify listeners will understand what we're talking about. If you were on last week, our interview just suddenly stopped and then became some other, other guy. Yeah, or uh, maybe it was just dead air. It was just de- dead air.
2: It was dead air live for forty eight hours. Um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, forty eight hours. <laughs> um, the same exact time as that exact uh, that famous movie. You know that movie Forty Eight Hours?
1: Are you talking about um, with? Um, uh, Nickel and uh, uh, Nolte, Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. Is that Forty Eight Hours, or am I thinking, is that like Twenty Four Hours?
2: Oh, Forty Eight uh, Hours is a, no, it's a show. Huh? The show Forty Eight Hours. There's no show named
1: Forty Eight Hours. That's too um, long of a show. It's
2: a, it's a crime show.
1: Oh, Anyways, it is. Everything um, has, in a way, don't you think every show is kind of a crime show? Like, name me uh, Euphoria. That's a crime show. She's doing drugs. <laughs>
0: She's They're, doing like illegal drugs. Therefore, it's a crime show.
1: She's doing illegal drugs. Oh man, that makes me remember about a scene in the Batman that I that was a crime. <laughs> we watched that, the Batman. yesterday. We watched the Batman the other day, and I know we got a great guest. Um, but oh man, I have so many things to say about the Batman. First off, the title. I um I know there's been animated shows, and even in the cartoon, he's. I mean, in the comic book, he's called sometimes referred to as the Batman, but I just find it so silly. I, I can't help but think of like people out of their way saying the Batman, just like, Hey, how's it going? The Batman.
2: Yeah. We really wanted the, um, the focus to be more so on the the in the title.
1: Yeah. Oh, so first spoiler right away. It goes into the title. Yeah. And I was disappointed by how small the the was. Yeah. I feel like if you are going to have a movie called the Batman, um, make the the humongous and mm. have, because we know it's Batman, right? Yeah. We know that's, that's, <laughs> that's the part that we know, but like people are thrown off much like myself who actually has grown up on Batman. Yeah. That, that, the, the, that there's a the. Yeah. So make the ginormous and just mm. have it real small Batman, you know? That's the focus.
2: The. And I think there should have been more of a focus on if you're going to use the article the, you should really, um, you should really, uh, um, have it, you know, it, it could be a, or it should be, this should be the, like, this specific Batman. Mm-hmm. There should have been more, I guess this, okay, well, I don't want to give too much away, but let's just say the was not very significant. No,
1: and I don't remember them going like, what he, well, there is some, and I believe this is in the, this is in the trailers, but there's, uh, notes that the Ridley, uh, the, the Ridley. Riddler, the yeah. Riddler, um, yeah. gives, and he goes to the Batman. Mm hmm. He does. He goes to the notes that say say to the Batman. So not like to Batman.
2: Not to a Batman. To like not to
1: of Batman. Yeah. But to the Batman. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the Joker or Two-Face or all those other guys who feel more acquainted to him they would go like and Batman how's it going? Like not the Batman. So and another thing that I'll just say a little spoiler they don't they don't have a scene where they explain why Batman has to have the like there isn't where him and Alfred are going like Master Wayne I think you should drop the the and then Robert Patterson goes no Alfred I need the the (laughs) it shows that people know I'm the only Batman you don't go hey look it's the Eiffel Tower (laughs) you go hey look it's the Eiffel Tower
2: wait that's what you just said (laughs) <laughs> also I want to before we bring on our guest cuz we you know we really should get to this guest at some point um because a uh, very important person but I also want to thank the listeners as well because for the past 2 weeks we have had our episode right when a big film award ceremony is going on mm, yes last week um we had um the 28th Screen Actors Guild Award was going on right when uh wait a sec
1: huh Ooh. What's oh, up, no, it Sam? was happening
2: a little bit later. Uh, uh, it was 5 p.m. PST last week, uh, 8 p.m. EST. Which but so that would make it, it did, t- 2 o'clock. That That's was last mean. week still. Um, And, uh, you know, we got uh, Succession for Best Drama, Coda for Best Cast in a Motion Picture. Still have um, not seen that movie. Coda. You know, Helen Mirren finally got her Lifetime Achievement Award. Finally. Um, life's
1: not over, though. No. Not no. by a long shot.
2: No, she's got many more years to go. Too many, in um, my you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people won. Um, a lot of people lost. A lot of people lost too. And Oof. then this week, though, um, the screen or not the Independent Spirit Awards is going on uh, right now. Right now. Uh, so right now, so. just
1: to uh to just in case something happens in the world, we are recording this at uh 5.11. 511 uh. P.M. on the Eastern Standard Time. Yes,
2: this is happening right now as we speak. Uh, The Independent Spirit Award is going on.
1: 6, 2022. Yes. So mark your dates in the history books. The two thumbers, two undecided thumbers are talking about Spirit Awards on that date and time.
2: And so far, there are a few winners already. Um, there is the best ensemble cast for scripted series is Reservation Dogs. I haven't seen it. Um, the Robert Altman Award is Mass, which I have not seen.
1: I don't even um, know about Mass. Oh, Ma- Mass. Yeah. Not Midnight at Mass. the Midnight Mass? Just Mass. Mass. Oh, you know what's funny? I heard about Mass, but I only heard about it from on cinema at the cinema. Yeah, but they oh, kept- really, yeah, but it's funny because when they were showing the mask or talking about the mask, they kept showing. <laughs> images from Midnight Mass. <laughs> I was actually watching him like that's that mass, that's Midnight. <laughs> but that, Anyways, that makes
2: sense. Um but we'll probably talk about that next week. Yes. Um but this week we have a very special guest on who we are about to in- uh, she's been on this call the whole time listening to us. Um, oh, that's cool. And uh um let's see if this uh works out. Uh Karina, give us give us a. can you say some words? Hello. Oh, oh. I, all right. I, say I, some I do, more words. <laughs> I do hear. Carina, I hear it, and I'm going to turn you. up the volume. Speak a little louder, or speak. Hello. There oh. we go.
1: Uh, maybe a little louder now, oh, and a little louder now. uh Too hi? loud.
2: Yes, you're good.
1: You're okay, good. cool. Hello, right. Karina.
2: How's it going, hey
3: guys? What's up? Oh, hey, uh, hey.
2: nothing but How's the roof. It going? She, um, we have Karina coming coming in via Facebook messenger um we are not a wow oh we
1: just endorsed facebook just <gasps> I know. by saying that.
3: very high tech clearly i know
2: <laughs> i mean we would do zoom but we don't have the 40 minute thing or we don't have the pro unlimited or, yeah right and it's <sighs> not the COVID rules anymore you remember those days i uh, love those days where it's, you mean these days <laughs> well these... yeah i guess technically they, but no those days where zoom let us use
1: yeah there was a brief moment in time where zoom would let you have unlimited time yes uh, I did many of face uh, office meetings that way.
2: I would normally just turn it on and just have it on and like let people like watch me sleep because it was unlimited.
1: I watched some of that.
2: Um, yeah. Now wow. Karina um
3: yeah.
1: hello. Welcome to hello, the Zach. show.
3: Um Happy belated birthdays. So- <laughs> oh.
1: Thank you. Uh Uh-oh. that is true. <laughs> I am uh, of the 28-year-old age. I'm it's about old. Past- I I'm about uh, one tenth of the way of my through my life, so I'm uh, pretty excited about that. Wow! Yeah, I think I'm gonna live to be uh, whatever twenty eight times ten is. Right. So, but two hundred and eight. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be two hundred eight. There's a lot of stuff that's gonna happen.
3: That hmm. sounds like science.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. But so Karina. You actually, just to give uh, people uh, history, um, you actually have been a guest on our show many a
2: times. Many a times. I
3: sure have. Maybe like four times. So much. So much
2: that we lost track. Well, so much that she has the unofficial slash official title of the third thumb. True. Also, this. Oh
3: my god, that's so true. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we established that last time.
1: So for you new, uh, listeners, uh, Karina Dandashi, by the way, we haven't given last name. So mm. Mm. last name
3: is very important. Yes. Very important.
1: I was about to say, we don't want to just be like, you know, Sam or Zach. It has to be Zach Ferguson. Right. <laughs> and Sam Ferguson. No, I'm
2: fine with just Sam.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of, st- you know, I sometimes when I try to look up people on Facebook, like from work or whatever, it's never the first person. I'm like, hi, what's your name? Heather Linkley. And it, there's like a thousand heather linkleys, mm. so
2: yeah, you always friend the person that's not that popular, yeah <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of unpopular <laughs> social media popular friends um
1: but uh Karina is a new york filmmaker what uh what um you know what i i could um ex- uh, uh tell your resume but uh would you like to can I give a brief summary of uh yourself
3: sure um So, I am a Brooklyn-based filmmaker. I write, direct, I act, my own stuff. A lot of my work is about, I guess, like, Arab-American and Muslim communities in America. um, Swana communities, Southwest, North African. And it centers around identity, culture, religion, all Mm. that stuff. Um, Yeah, I'm at the moment just mostly writing shorts and working on a feature. Yeah, and
2: uh, just to show how far Karina has come since well not the last time we talked but one of i think the first episode we ever had Karina on um it was about being a PA Oh, my God. <laughs> Back in your day when you're PA-ing. All these movies that are now coming out. <laughs> wow. I was paying
3: for After Yang, actually, which is now hitting the theaters. Yeah, so After, After Yang is
2: now coming out, which was like three years ago or something. Wow, yeah.
3: That, that was is, that was 2019. I was yeah. a production assistant. And now what? It's 2022? Yeah, so three years Now ago. it's hitting the theaters? Yeah. And now crazy. they're
2: just... It's kind of crazy how film is like so... It takes so long for things to come out. Because I just saw... Um, What's his face? Uh the guy that's in In Bruges, he's also after Yang. What's Colin his? Farrell. <laughs> Colin Farrell. Oh, from The Batman. From No, he's not from The Batman. Yeah, he's he's the nope, Penguin. No, That's not. <laughs> oh, him. shoot. Who is Who is <laughs> that is not Colin Farrell. Anyways, Colin um,
1: Firth I'm thinking of. Yep. Darn it.
2: Colin Farrell is the uh no offense to Colin Well, I guess they're both good looking but in different ways. Um Colin Farrell um I saw was doing press about it. Um now which is just like if I was an actor it's just like this was three like it just it's just it's kind of crazy how film takes so long to do yeah
3: they've been having like promotional screenings there's one in New York there's one you know in different cities A24 is doing just to get the word out and obviously now they're on a major marketing spree for the film so
2: and you were PA on that right (laughs)
3: yes i was
2: back in the day and now you're on your you just finished shooting your first or their fourth short film
3: yes uh,
2: called cousin or do you want me to should i say okay yeah
3: it's it's you know i mean i haven't even started editing it yet so i literally just shot it um it's basically about two uh lebanese cousins one was born in lebanon and one was born here in the u.s and They meet over the course, they reunite over the course of a night after having, haven't seen each other in a while. And, um, it's basically about cultural disconnection and not feeling close to people that you should feel close to, like your family. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the gist of it, really. Um, yeah, I'm excited to really (laughs) just continue working on it. I took a break from it. I'm in a break right now, but
2: Mm. yeah. Yeah, you've been working nonstop on that, it seems.
3: I've been working nonstop, I feel like in general. But this one, yeah, I was working on I mean it's with the fellowship I'm part of. So these past couple months have been leading up to production and yeah, we just and, shot in February and now I'm taking a break. So. And
2: what's the uh, talk about talk about that fellowship that you um had.
3: so the fellowship is with the Jacob Burns Film Center. So mm-hmm. they basically have what it is, it's every semester essentially. There's like a fall semester, there's a spring semester, and summer you take a break, but um it's a cycle of eight people. So mm-hmm. there'll be eight people, let's say, starting spring. Four people are old from the last semester, and there's four new people. So mm-hmm. it cycles every, every semester, four new people come in, and it's for two semesters. So that's the fellowship, and they give you resources. They give you mentorship. They give you um, basically a voice, you know, a platform to share your voice. Um, they put your film in the theaters for, like, a like cute little premiere within the community, you um, may have great connections, you know, to the to the festival world, and just in general, helping you put your work out there. So it's a great fellowship, and you meet a lot of cool fellows, other filmmakers that you know you resonate with, and that help you, you know, with your work, make your work better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been a really awesome experience. I'm sad that it just ended, but
2: so it did. Just it, you're officially
3: for me. Yeah, okay. they 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 just brought in a new round of people. And they got a whole deadline article, which we didn't get Ooh. because I think it's new they They just started posting on deadline uh-huh. now for this fellowship when it's announced
2: damn
3: um, so that's pretty cool that's you a did new that. yeah you <laughs> got to now the that ball you, now that
2: you're associated with it deadline <laughs> is uh <laughs>
3: so that, we gotta put this on deadline Karina Nashi was part of this fellowship Let's Whoa, well, so
2: straight. now I mean this is you know I'm normally not this uh you know um. Uh, uh 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 well I, you know this is your time to really dive into to yourself. I mean you uh, mm-hmm. you were on some list recently of top creators to watch.
3: Yeah, the um it was actually uh what's it called Mary Claire is doing this new thing called the Creators Issue. So mm-hmm. it was their issue. It was like the inaugural issue mm-hmm. um and yeah, I was named as a top 21 creators to watch for
0: 22 with
3: the that... awesome fellows one of my fellows is in it, the list as well, so it's pretty cool.
1: Um, real quick, I want to ask. Uh, Whoa. Oh, sorry, that that's Um dog. Oh, um, uh, for so you said you made uh, three other shorts before this, right? Are you sorry?
3: My dog's barking.
1: <laughs> oh, that's okay, what, dogs.
3: What did you say? Can you repeat it?
1: Uh, um, you uh, did you say that uh, you made three shorts before this?
3: Yeah. So I made um. My first short film called Short Shorts. My second one called Barzak, and my third one was called Dress Up, which is now in the festival run, which we're premiering at Aspen Shorts Fest, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, now this cousin's, like uh, Sam mentioned, is my la- my latest one that I just wrapped in February.
1: Now the thing, one of the things that fascinate, fascinates me the most about filmmaking is the producing and just how you get it done. So we know, oh yeah, how you got this one. But I was wondering, so were the other ones through the same program or kind of like a way beginning, like produced it just by yourself and then met someone? What What's the process throughout these shorts? Uh, yeah,
3: I think producing, you know, I think it's definitely, it can be different for every film you do. I think my first two films I did sort of a bit of like, you know, research, people I knew kind of thing. But I think for um, my third short my last short, Um, I really found someone who's my partner that you know is like really into I guess you know supporting like the Swana community which was really cool for me um, because I think I was always looking for like that community connection and someone to sort of be as passionate about our community and making work about our community as I am to be my producer and to sort of help me champion that voice in my work. Um, So yeah I really think that having a producer that Obviously, you know, is passionate about the kinds of stories you're telling and is passionate about, you know, the work you're doing beyond just, you know, wanting to put something on their resume, you know, or just do the logistical side of things and not really have the heart with it, I think is really important. Um, So, so yeah, I think, again, I think there's a million ways you can find a producer and the fellowship I'm part of does help a lot of the times with filling in the blanks with people you know, in the cast or in the crew or people that you need, like a producer, a DP. Um, So that's what's great about the fellowships is that it's kind of like filling in the holes and the gaps of your own knowledge of connections um, and helping sort of expand, you know, in that way, like Mm -hmm. the people that you know to help you with your projects. So. Mm Yeah,
2: and then also you're on um, the other fellowship. You also were uh, recently in the newest. Is that still going on? This you're in the Sundance Ignite. Ignite. Yeah, yeah.
1: What's uh, what is that? What is Sundance? So, Ignite? so
3: Jacob Burns is what's called a um, project-based fellowship. So it's different than Sundance because it helps you make specific projects um, throughout the duration of the fellowship. So I made two short films throughout the duration of Jacob Burns. One film in the spring, one in the summer. And with the Sundance Ignite Fellowship, it's different because it's what's called an artist-based fellowship. So they're not necessarily, like, you know, expecting us to make specific projects. Like, I'm not required to make a short by the end of it. Um, But what it is, is it's more, um, like, workshop, webinar-oriented. So we'll have, like, workshops and a webinar, like, every month. um, And just sort of, like, meetings around different topics. Like, we actually had... um, Barry Jenkins come to to talk to us in December, for example, and like we were able to ask him questions and um, so things like that, like prominent filmmakers in the community kind of making important work. And also we get to share our work. So if we're all working on a pilot or a feature or, you know, we need some advice or we just like shot a film, we have a rough cut, we want like people to watch it. Um, that will be brought up also in our monthly workshops and we'll be able to help each other and sort of lean on each other as filmmakers. Um, so yeah, and also they pair you with a mentor, like a Sundance alum mentor. Mm-hmm. So this mentor had their feature or some piece of work screened at the Sundance Film Festival and they're sort of there to help guide you in those next steps um, um, from a more industry point of view.
1: Wouldn't it be interesting if, uh, Karina, you're, you're getting a mentor... It's like, and your Sundance uh, mentor will be Kevin Smith, uh, creator of Mallrats, and Jay and Bob Strike Back.
3: Hey, Kevin Smith is listening to
2: this, and Yo, he's offended. I hope so. no, <laughs> Smith. I, I, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, if you're looking, licking, if you're <laughs> listening in, please call if in. If
3: you're in. Our <laughs>
2: call-in number at any time, if you want to have a question for any of us, is 718673. <laughs> Eight two zero one. That was nice. I have a So you're, I mean, you know, four movie, four movies is nothing to sneeze at. Maybe like one movie I could sneeze. The second one I would kind of like cover the sneeze a little bit. But four movies,
1: if you sneezed at that, you're kind of an asshole. Yeah,
2: you 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 really need to control your sneeze. Your your yeah. You, now snozzle. you're
1: just doing it on purpose.
2: Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> um, what? What got, like, back in the, like, did you always want to be working as a filmmaker, or is this, like, a slow uh, thing that you started, like, it started off as just, like, I'm gonna make one movie and see how it happens, but I'm gonna, you know, I don't know, do
3: calligraphy on the side. I think it was kind of that. I think in like at NYU, I wasn't really sure what I was doing. And I started off doing politics and journalism. And then finally, I was like, okay, let me do film studies and journalism. I took some internships. One of them was at A24, which really like sort of made me fall in love with the development side of things. Um, So for a while, I was like, oh, I definitely want to do development. Like I want to be reading scripts and helping them, you know, come to fruition, like seeing them from pre to to post come to life in the theater so that's what i actually thought i wanted to do um and then i i sort of just like had this desire to like make my own short because i had an idea that was really meaningful to me which was short shorts and honestly after i made short shorts i think i was like okay i feel like i have a passion for this like you know and i have more stories i want to tell
0: um
3: so i sort of took it from there i don't think i ever had like a game plan like you know growing up like oh i can't wait to like be a writer director whatever i think i i was passionate about the film industry but i didn't know exactly where i fit in or if it was possible for me to be passionate about the film industry like in terms of a career because you know it's tough it's tough you know to have a career in the industry and i you know no one in my family did it like i wasn't really sure what it looked like you know um, I didn't have a clear understanding of what it meant to, like, work in the film industry. Mm-hmm. So I think I had to also stumble along the way and sort of find out for myself, like, what opportunities were there for someone like me? What did it look like? How how do I get there? What are the steps yeah. to get there? And eventually, yeah, I was like, okay, no, I do think I actually want to be a writer-director. That is mm-hmm. what I truly want to do.
2: Um, After your, during, like, shooting your first film or even before that, like, mm-hmm. since you mm-hmm. hadn't done anything, you hadn't shot anything before you weren't like the nyu tish right this was like your first movie ever right yeah um what was something that like looking back on it you were just like oh boy like what was i thinking
3: um honestly almost everything yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know not in a bad way but kind of in a way where i was like so like during headlights like really shell-shocked by everything because i really truly didn't know what to expect i've never been on a set before in my life like I think I I'm, I think what I am good at, my strength, is storytelling. So I knew I had a strong script. I knew it was a strong idea, and I felt, like, really passionate about the idea. But I think just, like, the logistics of being on set. Like, just, like, these just things people knew around me. Everyone knew how to operate on a set except me. Mm-hmm. So very much the whole time I was kind of feeling out of place in that way. Because I didn't really know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should, as a director, like, you're kind of the person that needs to know the most what you're doing. Um, so there are a lot of moments where I felt, you know, I don't know, kind of like like insecure or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I really wish I would have done, like, more research and prepared a little bit better um, instead of being like, yeah, this is going to be fine. Like, you know, not like how hard can it be, but kind of like not expecting it to be that level of like, I don't know what to call it. Mm-hmm. Because it was such a new experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot more like pre production planning, I think would have been good, a lot more going over the shot list more times like there are a lot of things I think could have been done differently mm-hmm.
2: um, well, not, yeah. not to I, to to throw myself into this narrative, but yeah. this is how uh Wait. Karina and I met was on this oh, first yeah. set yeah. um, and uh I remember from my standpoint, it seemed like you you seemed to know what you were doing. You had the confidence. You just
3: kind of have to like quote unquote know what you're doing. Like you know what I mean? Like there's a surface level like, Yeah, yeah. Kind of act you gotta keep up. And I you know, I was doing it, but it was like there's just there's I wanted to go so much deeper with the project, I feel like. Uh-huh. Like I could have been there on a different level. And mm. I honestly I just wasn't as experienced. Like you don't get to do that your first film, I feel. Like, I think it's something you need to really work towards,
0: mm-hmm. which is what
3: I'm doing now. Like, I'm learning all the things I should have learn- learned in school through all these projects I'm doing, you know? Mm-hmm. You just got to keep doing projects and yeah. keep learning from them. Yeah, that's would- the only way you're going to get that knowledge that I was missing.
1: I always find you know? that, yeah, school is always kind of a jumping-off point while doing it is outside and after is, is the way where you really learn all the stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Seeing it and doing it
3: exactly, yeah, exactly.
2: What's something that you're um learning right now with this film? Like, what's a lesson you've learned?
3: This past film,
2: yeah, this past film that you. I mean, I.
3: What's good about all my projects is that with every project, I feel like I'm like getting better, which yeah. is like a good feeling. Um, so I feel like on my last project, um, I think actually something I think could have been like more fine tuned was maybe like the scheduling just to think about, like, oh, like, if we're shooting this scene, like, we need to put these shots first because it's on this side of the room. Mm -hmm. And then if we go to this side of the room and look, like, production design isn't ready. And, like, timing with, like, the shot list, I think, maybe could be even tighter. Even though this is the most time and relaxed, I feel like I felt on set in terms of Mm
2: -hmm. the amount
3: of time and the way the amount of shots that we had. Because I feel like with dress-up, we did everything in two days, and we had, like, 15 pages of script to go through.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> so that was really intense, and we didn't time manage very well at all for that. Um, so th- this was, like, a step up, but I think you can always improve, like, your schedule um, for timing's sake. But, now yeah, uh, okay, Okay. Th- yeah. So I think that's maybe one thing that I can think of. Um, and also just thinking of maybe shots a mm-hmm. little more thoughtfully, as always, like... We had to cut a couple shots and i think like in the moment like i was given advice where it's like oh like instead of doing that one that you had imagined let's do this because we can save time like we're already here in -hmm. this like shot and i'm like oh yeah why don't we just cover it in this shot you're right let's save time but then going back on it i was like oh no like i had that other shot for a very specific reason like i labored over the shot list for so long so every shot is so thoughtful and specific That in the moment, I was like, oh, yeah, let's save time. But then I'm like, no, no, you should have trusted yourself. You should have stuck to the very specific shots that you had in mind because this one was there because of this reason, you mm-hmm. know? So I, I, like, should have trusted myself because it's like, you spend so much time on a shot list for a reason. Like, well,
2: there are some directors who are a little bit more, um, like, uh, they can have, like, a little bit more, like, wiggle room. Like, it's a little bit more, not improv, but, like, they have, they can, like... Uh, It's a little bit more Uh, like they kind of just shoot things and like let things happen a little bit more. Do you think like I mean, there's different types of directors like do but, different things. Do you feel you're much more like everything has to be shot exactly how, you know, more like the, the kind of the the Kubrick kind of like things need to be perfect the way that they need to be on one end of the spectrum. And then the other mm-hmm. end of the spectrum is a little bit more. You or laissez-faire, or, like, like where do you think things. you lay on that Yeah, or,
3: I think, like, for me, because I'm I'm still, like, an emerging filmmaker, I'm still learning. For me, like, the the best way to think about it is you kind of have to learn the rules and then you break them,
0: mm. you know?
3: Because those directors are probably, like, how many films have they done, you know, to be able to have that laissez-faire vibe, to be mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, like, oh, we'll figure this out on set, or oh, this, oh, that, like, maybe they have that kind of experience where they can sort of lean on instincts that they've built over time. But for me, as a, like, newer filmmaker, I'm still, like, learning how to build those instincts. So it's kind of like, oh, like, I I really want to stick to my gut with the shot list and really prepare and really think about things. Mm -hmm. And I do hope that one day I'll get to the point in my experience and in my career and in my work where I'm like, okay, like, I trust myself, like, maybe to go on location and maybe figure something out or go more with the flow. But Mm -hmm. for now, I think I'm very specific about my shots because I'm like oh, like, this is, you know, I, I don't have that, like, gut yet, I think.
1: How do you feel? And
3: sometimes I do. Like, I've had shots before where I'm like, yeah, sure, and they work out fine. But for the most part, I want to stick to what I made because, like, the shot list I made, you mm-hmm. know?
1: Now, what do you feel about uh, handling actors uh, whenever you, like, when they're given dialogue much like that? Um, oh, yeah. If they, if they go instead of, say, hey, hand me that teacup. You, they say, like, uh, hand me that teacup over there. Hand <laughs> like, me that
3: teacup, you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if they throw like... <laughs> in some? Oh, like
1: uh, <laughs> the, the thing. I uh, another thing I find very fascinating is uh, how each actor approaches it and yeah. how you get them there. Um, yeah. Yeah. W- how, when you sit down with an actor and the scene requires whatever it is, um. Is there a kind of a similar approach to each? Th- like when you're sitting there, you you try to... How do you, how do you approach uh, directing an actor? Yeah,
3: yeah I mean, or I hard. think directing and acting is something I've been like very adamantly working on for a while because I realized it was like a gap in my knowledge. And I think a lot of directors can say the same thing, like how difficult it is to, you know, direct an actor because you're dealing with another human and it's always like an unpredictable scenario, right? Like you can't really control another person um but i think for me like with this past film for example like i had a lot of rehearsal time because i put myself in my film this time also and the person that i cast is like someone that i already have chemistry with um he plays like my older cousin Mm -hmm. um so we had so much rehearsal time and he was someone that's brilliant like he's someone that just has this like natural like way of ad-libbing or way of like putting his own spin on things but keeping it within the core of his character because he is his character like i casted him because he embodies like every the spirit of his character Mm -hmm. um anything he did really fit into the character which was great so that was a thoughtful thing on my like part i think that i did very well like with casting um but yeah like so i think rehearsing again like you kind of learn the rules and then you break them like you have those rehearsals you put in the time to really think about intentions and something that i learned and i took this Uh, Sundance collab course called directing the actor Um, and something that I learned in this collab course is the idea of like saying something that like hits the nervous system versus being like okay you're gonna be sad in the scene so be like really sad because blah 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 Hmm. or instead of that you could say something that hits the nervous system like oh like It's as if someone's like sitting on your chest and you can't shake off the weight, you know, Mm -hmm. or walk like you have a backpack full of bricks Mm -hmm. like your back, you know, like say things in a visual way. So they're not in their head. They're like in their bodies, you Mm know. Um, So that's a big thought and a big takeaway I took from the class because it it does like build up like it's another skill you have to learn. And it's kind of like, oh, like what's your goal in the scene? You know, what's the character's goal? Like, oh, the character's goal is for her sister to wrap her arms around her. You know, mm-hmm. that's her goal. So talk to me like you want like your sister to like put her arms around you. Like mm-hmm. act like or speak to them like you want them to turn around and look at you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like try to find your goal and how you get there, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you So said, I think
3: it's like yeah, go ahead.
1: You you said that you rehearse. Now, I don't know yes. if all directors do that. Um where did you kind of get that idea? To no, rehearse? Uh, to rehearse the scene before. I mean, I don't like know. A lot of directors rehearse. Sometimes they don't. I just remember... Maybe it was an... Uh, maybe I'm just speaking out of my age. I I mean, don't know. Go ahead. I would
3: say a lot of directors do rehearse, but okay. I'm sure there are some directors, again, maybe more experienced, that are just like, let's get on set and yeah. figure it out. Like, maybe in TV shows. Like, maybe, like... I don't know. I guess they do a have- levy of euphoria or something. Whoa!
2: Like, get- what
1: is happening...
2: <laughs> We got some hard takes on Euphoria over here.
3: Uh-oh. <laughs>
2: um now it's officially. Did you uh, uh did you watch it all,
3: Karina? Who, me? Yeah. I just started the latest season. Okay. So, I don't have any opinions yet on the latest season cuz I just started. Okay.
1: So, you know, watching these things and all the HBO or just other people's <laughs> friends uh Hello Dog. Um all these uh other movies, um do you do you pull inspiration where do you find that you pull inspiration from? There's a, a um, p-
3: So, sorry, repeat your question. Where do I pull inspiration from?
1: Well, um the I guess my question is is, you know, I feel like every filmmaker out there has has somewhere that they uh, gather their thoughts and dreams and throw it up onto the screen. Where do you find yourself at least maybe just specifically for this one? that you drew um, ideas from, like from your own life or from uh, other movies or maybe a moment that just happened to you?
3: totally. I mean, I think I, I get my inspiration from my own experiences in my community, like the experiences from my community and other filmmakers, really. Like I saw a film... What was it called? Um, it's sort of about, like, colorism in the Swana community.
2: Mm. Um, can you also I, just it, explain real quick what Swana is?
3: Oh, sorry. So, it stands for Southwest Asian North African. Ah. So, it basically is a, um anti-colonialism, anti-colonial colonialism anti term for, like, the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, so, instead of the Middle East, you can say Southwest Asian, or you can say North African, which is countries like Tunisia mm-hmm. um, and Egypt. Um, so... Yeah, it's just an acronym for that. But, um, yeah, so there is this this um, woman who made a documentary about colorism. And I remember watching it and, like, some of the images, I just was, like, so inspired because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I also dealt with colorism growing up, you know? Um, in the very white communities that I grew up in so and also just like within the Swana like community there is this idea of like aspiring to like whiteness you know aspiring to like uh, Eurocentric beauty ideals so I was like okay this like this is something like I resonate with whether it's in my community or outside of my community Um and I even like have an idea for a short based on that documentary that I found that someone you know from my community made so I think my inspiration comes from my own experiences, but very much other Swana like filmmakers that mm-hmm. make stuff that I also find I resonate with. I'm like, yeah, I also felt that. I want to make a short about that, you yeah. know.
2: Now what, um, being uh, having uh, you know your your growing as a voice in the the Swana uh, filmmaking community, um, what do you think has changed um, since maybe you started or since slightly before you started? Do you see there's like a shift? in um how the swana community is being represented or like how do you think like it was represented before to how um like you and like other people within the swana community are trying to have it represented if that makes yeah,
3: sense Yeah, I mean I think I think I think that's a tough question because I think that progress you know it's hard to map sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um I can definitely I can say with with confidence at least for me that there have been things happening, at least in like, you know, the Muslim community, the, I don't know about Swan in general, but for example, like, Pillars Fund has come out with, you know, a fellowship just exclusively for Muslim artists, and Mm -hmm. the Blacklist has has came out with, like, a features, like, script lab thing, like, um, I think it was, like, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it's, like, the Muslim List, like, Mm -hmm. on the Blacklist. Mm -hmm. So they pick, like, feature scripts by Muslims on the Blacklist. So they came out with that, like, within the past year. So there is, like, Things like this that I see that keep popping up and I'm like, okay, we're like making new things or making opportunities. Things are shifting, you Mm -hmm. know? And then you have something like Jihad Rehab, like the documentary that came out at Sundance that, you know, obviously our communities, the Swana community, the Muslim communities, what have you, other people, everyone was upset about this Mm. documentary. Um, And it kind of is, you know, the documentary is a bit unethical and it, like, places misinformation. It's kind of like a propaganda film about terrorism. And you would think, like, oh, like, we're totally over this, like, you know, recycled idea of, like, you know, the propaganda that comes with this idea of terrorism and who are terrorists and what lens you're looking at it through. It's like this white woman who made this documentary who has no ties, you know. Wow to our identity or culture or anything I and no kind of just inserted herself in this narrative. Yeah, actually, if you look it up, IndieWire wrote an article about it. This was covered mm-hmm. just because Sundance had a lot of resignations due to this film being programmed, and yeah. someone in my own Ignite program was actually like, he resigned because of this film. It's like, everyone knows about it. It's, it's mm. on the, it's on IndieWire, if you want to Yeah, look yeah.
2: Up okay, I don't know. Um,
3: But yeah, there were several resignations, so it was a pretty big deal. So then you say, yeah, like, there's progress, but then you look at something like this documentary that Sundance, a very, like, obviously high-respected film festival programmed, and you're like, wow, is this, are we really progressing if we're, like, programming something like this and we're still having, like, this Islamophobia and this sort of, like, Mm -hmm. you know, films being shown to the wider audience, like... So I think progress is hard to map sometimes, but I am really happy about all the opportunities for young Muslim filmmakers that I've been seeing.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, you also, um, you you said before, uh, you act in your own... It seems oh, like you was acted of, mostly, yeah. besides Barzak, you've acted in all of your movies. Yes. Like, is yes. it difficult to act and direct? Because I feel like that would be... That would be very challenging for me. And to direct
1: yourself.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, insanely difficult, like, for sure. Um, can you hear me, by the way, very yes. clearly? Yes, Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think I think with short shorts, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be in it. And we actually casted for, like, the role that I played. Um, but I think at the time, there weren't enough resources, like, mm. in terms of casting for, like, people of, like, my community or people of color or whatever. Um and now, actually, there's even this thing called Muslim casting on Instagram. Like, they have their own casting service. Like, there's a lot more opportunities to cast people, like, in the Swana community now, I think. Um, but I was very strict about casting. I'm like, I want it from the Swana community. I want, like, you know, someone that was Muslim. So, I ended up doing it because I'm like, first of all, I'm interested in this. Second of all, there's no one that fit the bill, like, in terms of their identities. Like, I'm not just going to cast anyone, you know, to play this, like, very specific role mm-hmm. of this person going through all these cultural shifts in identity. Um but anyway, yeah, I think that was part of me being shell shocked on my first film because not only was I directing, but I was like on camera for the first time. Yeah. So obviously, like it was a lot to juggle. So that's why for Barzak, I was like, Yeah, I'm not acting in this. My sister did it. She did an awesome job. Mm-hmm. Um for my third film, Dress Up, I think it was a narrative that was so personal and about two sisters. Mm. So the fact that my sister was also an actress, like if I didn't have my sister, I wouldn't have done it. But I had my sister. Yeah. And it was during COVID, which was another reason to find someone in my circle because we're looking for people to be on set and for cast and crew to all be within like each other's pods because of covid Mm -hmm. so that you know we're all staying safer and it's like a smaller sort of group and if i doubled as a director and actor that would also like you know keep our cast and crew smaller um so yeah and i really enjoyed that experience i think it was difficult to juggle both brains because you kinda have to have a director's brain and an actress brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the one thing I didn't do right with dress up was like being more adamant about being behind the camera. Like I should have like looked at frame before we went to the scene. Sometimes I didn't because I was so into the scene. I'm like, okay, let's just go for it. But it's like, did you see frame? No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. And some shots I looked at after, I was like, Oh, I like this looked differently in my head. This mm-hmm. is not necessarily what I wanted, you know? Yeah. Um, but that was on me because, first of all, it's a big undertaking that I chose. And second of all, actually, there's more than one thing. There's also because we were so pressed for time because we were shooting 15-page pages page script in two days. We were so pressed for time that we were like, oh, we need to move on. We need to move. Like, everything had to be so fast. So, I didn't really have time to be a director sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. So, the film did suffer, I think, because of that. Because mm. I wasn't so adamantly behind the camera as a director and because we didn't have a lot of time um and for cousins that was probably the best time i've had as a as a director actress um because of all the rehearsal prep i did um because casting choices were great Um, it was just very natural chemistry so i didn't have to i don't know direct some people as much as i would i think Mm -hmm. um which is also good with dress up me and my sister had very natural chemistry Um, And because you get better with time, you just do, you know, Mm -hmm. of course, you're going to be shell shocked your first time. But by the time you hit like, your third movie that you're acting and directing in, it gets much easier. Um, And the prep work I did ahead of time with my DP was way more intense, because I was so worried that like, oh, like, I'm not going to have time to, like, be on you as much as I would or to collaborate you as much as I would and this time i checked frame every single time we stepped into a scene i made sure i checked frame i did playback more often playback was something good and i had like a fellow one of my fellows or meal who was behind the camera and watching the scene to Mm. give me notes and give me pointers um so all of those things combined were really helpful um and i even like my mentor from sundance ignite even like gave me this advice because she wrote directed and starred in her film that went to sundance and she was telling me she's like you need a per- point person behind the camera that you can lean on
0: mm-hmm.
3: now you need someone with a creative eye like with a director's eye and someone that's going to like be able to tell you to your face whether your, you know your your performance is what you yourself has have envisioned you know yeah if it's like oh like i like you told me you wanted this from this line i'm not getting that you mm-hmm. know So, you need that person to lean on. And Romeo was that person for me. Hmm. So,
1: when, yeah, when, uh, so you've done mostly, you've done only shorts. Um, When you're writing a thing, uh, a script, uh, do you ever think to yourself, like, this could, when, could this be a feature
3: film? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've necessarily ever like made a short being like, this can be a concept for a feature. I think I wrote my last short cousins thinking it could be a concept for a pilot, but that's mm. as far as it got. Um, but in terms of my feature, like obviously all of these shorts speak to the larger theme of what it is like, mm-hmm. you know, being Muslim American being whatever Arab American and all of my identities and sort of this informing my culture with all these themes. So I think that is obviously going to be what my feature is about. I want it to be a coming of age, about culture, religion, identity, um, and how all of these things inform who you are and how you present yourself to the world. Mm -hmm. So I think all my shorts do have this, what's called like, almost like this, this thread through them, you know, this thematic thread. Um, but there's not one film where you look at it and you're like, yeah, this Mm. is going to be like exactly, this is just a short concept for her feature because it's not really like that, you know? Yeah.
2: Um. And what is your, because you're in the process of writing a feature now. Is that going to be the next project? Or is that, do you think there's going to be more projects yeah. in
3: between? That's a good question. I think it also comes down to money. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. a lot of this stuff is literally about money. I've It's grant season right now, for mm. anyone who's listening that wants grant to season. think about grants, because there's a lot of grant deadlines coming up that I'm working really hard on. And Ooh. some of them are, like, to support me on a feature, like writing my feature. Um, there's a lot of, like, you know, obviously like money attached to these grants. So depending on what grants I get, if I get enough money, um, I obviously need to fund post-production for cousins, but I also think I might want to take some money and, you know, either do a next narrative because I have one more idea for a narrative short, um, Mm. that I might want to make. And making shorts is also about just getting more experience as a director, which I think I still need. Um, so I might do that if I have the money, um, or, like if my narrative like comes to the kind of place where i'm getting attention for it or like someone wants to like be attached you know as a producer or what have you like um you know so i think it depends the kind of noise that happens if i get my feature ready and the kind of support that comes through um also with these labs if i get into any of them so i think it's all kind of just a work and go with the flow kind of work in progress thing um mm-hmm. uh, i don't have like one way i want to go i'm like i'm open to the possibility of different things happening. Um so so yeah.
1: So you were saying you said something about grant season. Uh yeah. I think I remember this way back in like college but like mm-hmm. what what is it, what is a grant? <laughs> no, no, no. I, like I know what a grant season is, <laughs> so but where do you even like find
3: football season? But no, I'm just
1: <laughs> Is there a place? I don't really, I, think I, I think just of, like, call it grant
3: season. I think I might be the only one who's like, it's grant season. Like it's a freaking like fun time of the year. Um, I'm just wondering. No, grant season. Th- I'm just calling it grant season. I actually don't think I, it's official. I think it's just me calling it that. I could use. I also have said this a million times, so everyone's probably like, "What's grant season?" Like, oh I'm wait, it, I thought it was like, like
2: a real thing.
3: No, I don't think oh it is. Oh, my. I,
2: I, this is just when you get around to doing is, grants. Though, maybe
3: it is, a real th- I mean, someone Google it. I, I have a feeling I may We're Googling it, it.
2: We're Googling what it, it.
3: What it is is that it's basically, like, at the start of the year, like, starting January and February, like, a bunch of grants are due. That's basically a, a bunch of grant apps through the spring. The spring, like, Sundance, like, all these, like, development tracks and labs all start, like, you know, having application deadlines, um, I think until like about April or the major ones, oh, okay. like from January to April. It's not over yet. So this yet. is crunch time for applying. Um,
1: yeah. okay. So where can one, so when you're trying to find grants, do you just do this simple thing where you go film grants, Google you just google I film. used to
3: do that and that's fine yeah the thing is grants change every year and there's new ones that pop up so a lot of the times believe it or not i get my information from instagram
0: <laughs> like i follow like
3: a lot of filmmakers at Insights. this point and sometimes i'll go through their stories and even my fellowship like the coordinator of, my, of the jacob burns fellowship he always posts grant opportunities um so and i'll see like from the the festivals from their like for example, uh, NewFest like, has a new grant this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so NewFest posted about it. And so then new he Fest. reposted it. So I saw it and I took a screenshot. And I'm like, okay, I'm putting this on my master tracker. So I have like a master tracker for all grants.
0: Mm.
3: Um, and then NYFA, the New York Council of the Arts, NYCA, I don't know how to pronounce it. They have one every year. So I think it's a mixture between the big ones that everyone knows about that you can find on google and then these smaller niche ones like the future film is females is the one that i know about like there's smaller community ones that i think in my opinion the pool is smaller yeah. they might be easier to get how um, long and then there's ones for specific communities uh, that if you find those those are just amazing you know either for black artists or bipoc artists or sci-fi or horror uh, like, you just have to find your niche and sort of like find where these grants exist you know and that comes with time too how long
2: does it normally take for you to? How long do you normally spend on making a grant, or um, like on not making, it, but to, to, could, yeah, 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 get applying for a grant. I
3: mean, some grants. Like, I found a grant that was literally like three questions, oh, and it was wow. like seven thousand dollars. Whoa, so I like, Whoa. I mean, that's a lot of pressure
2: on those three okay. questions. What were they? It's just like, what do is you your name? Dumb-
3: I mean, it was. I forgot the name, but I can send you. I can. I can let you know. I,
2: I've seen like logline grants, where it's just like if you have a great logline, they'll give you yeah. like ten thousand dollars or something. So, like
0: in the world,
3: which is I seems, mean,
2: what is that? It's like high concept. Like, isn't a high concept films any kind of film that has like just great one word sentence premises?
3: Yeah, I mean, this one actually. Let me see if I can find it. Um, the
2: we also are four minutes left,
3: oh, so sorry. we maybe
2: uh, we should. Uh,
3: we, we yeah, should... we can cut it. But basically, like I mean, that one was for like an artist thing, where it's like if you're an artist in New York City, they want to help you by providing you a certain stipend because mm. of COVID, like COVID hit, mm-hmm. so they know the artists are suffering at this time. But yeah, like I said, there's grants for literally anything. You mm. know, they don't have to just be project based. They can Not just even film.
1: You're very yeah, uh, like,
3: you just be filmmaking. Very
1: uh-huh. inspirational.
2: I got it. Yeah, yeah, I gotta say, uh, you know, a very inspirational person, Karina Dandashi.
1: um, Where can we find you on uh, social? Social
3: is my first last name, Karina Dandashi.
2: And what about your um? (laughs) I think your Twitter.
3: I I don't have a Twitter. Oh, Uh -oh.
2: really? Okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no one, no one. Okay, no Twitter,
0: okay. No.
1: <laughs> Why do you not like
2: Twitter? Actually, I
3: have a public Twitter, but I never post on it because it's oh. kind of boring. Oh, what, does <laughs> a
2: public? Then that must mean there's It's boring a to be private appropriate,
3: one? okay?
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see. Interesting. Well, Twitter. So all,
3: the, all the real tea happens on my private Twitter. That I
1: was about to say, your Twitter's so, like, Wait, are you <laughs> excited about twi- Batman?
3: <laughs> oh, um, I was excited, but then I just had, like, uh, coffee with someone and they told me that it was terrible oh yeah it was bad. Did, you, did you watch yeah, it with not. us
1: did uh, did you have coffee with us because
2: yeah we we concur with whoever you s- said this to now
1: once again maybe bad is an overstatement but i it's think just how i was hurt by
3: I- then my other friend two days ago was like oh apparently like the batman like it overtook dark knight ratings and i was like what the heck well, yeah like, a- box office yeah oh really box
2: office well I i i would assume like box office
3: Oh, yeah, I was like, not. what I is this? Know. Rotten Tomatoes? Like, I don't, I
2: don't know. Like, how? Oh yeah, it pick? has like an eight point six on IMDb. Well, it,
1: l- let me just tell you this: Whenever I think of the Batman, I just think the one song they play from Nirvana, the Something in the Way.
2: Yeah, they start playing Nirvana. Yeah, like, and honestly, that's... as soon as they started playing Nirvana, this is not giving anything away. This is in the first ten minutes. Um, they play it a
1: l- well. They play it at the beginning and then they bookend it.
2: Yeah. And it's well. Let's stop there because I mean it is a. It is enjoyable. It does I wouldn't say don't. Anyways, that's uh any any <laughs> final thoughts? <laughs> any final thoughts, Karina? Anything you wanna uh, give any to comments? the world? Any comments um on filmmaking? Any inspirational things you wanna say?
3: Um I think that I don't know, I think one thing maybe advice is this idea that there's a right way to do something but you kind of just have to do it and you find Mm. yourself you know what i mean yeah Yeah, always and ava duvernay said this thing that i keep thinking about but it's like like stick to your own lane like there's no traffic you know Mm -hmm. like there's no traffic in your own lane
0: so
3: like don't look at other people just look at what you're doing and then you're gonna eventually get somewhere you know you're gonna get stuck if you look at what other people are doing
1: green and that's how How, how do you how do you find yourself huh how do you how do you find yourself how do you
3: by doing it by doing things by just any actionable thing that you can do like that gets you one little micro step closer is just going to teach you something like closer to what (laughs) closer to i mean depends on what your goal is but for me i want to be a writer director so Mm. closer to being a writer director like one short We'll get a writer director one one acting session with like you know one rehearsal with an actor is going to get me closer to being a better director all right for we
2: got to wrap up we have 15 <laughs> seconds left sorry i to like cut it.
1: you off something <laughs> in the way
2: but all right bye bye everyone thank you very much Gina. tune in next week for another great episode hey. with someone who knows all right something in bye bye everyone the
1: way.